Welcome to Season 3 of Dating After Death, a podcast dedicated to the journey of finding love again after losing your forever person. And I'm your semi-anonymous host, but if you know, you know. So I'm not sure what kind of griever you are, but I have always been the kind that really wanted to talk to everybody who would listen about what this experience has been like for me, because to me, it feels like being in a foreign country and I am just constantly shocked about this experience. And at a certain point, I'm sure this was just perceived, but I was just starting to feel like I was taxing my friends and overtaxing them by constantly talking to them about my grief. And I didn't want my friendships to be only about that. So I started really feeling like I needed somebody else to talk to, which is when I looked into therapy. I have done therapy for about a year now, exclusively online. It has been so incredible because my kids can just be like playing or watching a movie or having their screen time or whatever. And I've been able to develop this really deep relationship with my therapist and get the support that I've needed and really wise counsel and an objective person who's paid to do that. And you sort of take the pressure of friendship out of it. So if you are not yet in therapy, I just believe therapy is for everyone and BetterHelp is a really amazing option that gives you so many choices, including grief therapy or therapy for your teens or even couples therapy. If you are in a new relationship, that's something that you could try out with your new partner. Of course, we have a code. It is BetterHelp, that's H-E-L-P dot com slash dating after death, and you will get 10% off that first month of membership. If you're not in therapy yet, maybe try it out. What do you have to lose? This episode has everything you could possibly want in terms of running the gamut of the grief experience, in my opinion. We're going to talk today to Ona, who has become a close Instagram friend of mine, and we use Marco Polo to chat about life and dating. And she was kind enough to come on the podcast to talk about her new relationship and about just some other details around her husband's death and some quirky things that happen with survivor benefits if your spouse worked for the government. So we are going to touch on those things. Ona tells the story of her husband's passing in a way that just hit me. I mean, usually I get to see Ona in a playful, silly way since we're generally talking about dating and to talk to her about the day that her husband died, I mean, just made me cry. To hear these stories retold is jarring. I mean, these circumstances and this trauma we've been through, this is not small stuff. But somehow, because this is life and this is widowhood, we go from the tragedy of her husband's death to giggling about the guy that she's dating now. So I'm sure you will enjoy and It's always nice for the guests of the podcast to hear from you, too, if you enjoyed the episode. So at any time, feel free to DM them, too, to just let them know that you enjoy their episodes, because oftentimes I hear from them that that means so much. So let's get to the conversation with Ona. Hi, Ona. Hi, how are you? (laughs) I'm great. Thanks so much for doing this. You're welcome. I almost wore that same sweatshirt today, but I have on colored pair of uh, yoga pants that would have looked really odd with it. (laughs) I was actually thinking that it was totally possible we showed up in the same outfit. (laughs) Um, For those listening, we're wearing our Joy Still Exists sweatshirt from the Four Story Project. (laughs) Okay. Um, So 
Ona, you and I have been chatting a lot lately on Marco Polo. And so we've gotten to know each other, which has been great. And we briefly talked about doing a podcast episode because of your survivor benefits and then also how your husband died. There's like a lot of factors at play here, but then also you're in a new relationship. So you're a perfect candidate for the podcast. Here I am. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So let's start by having you tell us all about Jeff and your life before. Oh gosh, there's so much, but I'll try to keep it short, right? Two years ago from last Tuesday. So April 18th, 2021, Jeff died. He died very suddenly. Before he died, I I mean, if you looked at our family, you would have thought we were just the stereotypical suburban family. You know, we have twins that were eight at the time. They were on a club baseball team. Their younger brother also played baseball. Jeff and I were both professionals. He was a law enforcement, federal law enforcement, an online school teacher. We had a big house. He had a workshop, a wood workshop. We have a silver lab. (laughs) Um, We lived in Arizona, so we had a cabin up in the mountains that we would you know, track the weather and look for the snowstorm so we can go visit the snow since we lived in Phoenix and there's no snow there. Very typical, happy marriage. Uh, Jeff was a a very devoted man to anything he did. Uh, His family, his career, being a husband, being a father. He played with the boys all the time, whether it was Yahtzee or playing, you know, throwing a football or hitting balls or playing catch. We had a UTV that we'd ride out into the desert, just oh, fun. Sunday afternoon, family time. Jeff was a very reserved man. Hmm. He thought he was funny. And I would, <laughs> I would humor him. You're like, oh, sweetheart, that was really not funny. You know, like, this is this joke I told today at work. I'm like, tell me. <laughs> I the joke and I just be like, oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Oh Did you gosh. laugh? He's like, kind of. I'm like, hmm, okay. <laughs> Um, uh, before he was federal law enforcement he was a civil engineer so you know very type a Mm -hmm. dry humor witty um like we call them our personal google but yeah all-around amazing guy yeah we kind of were in our what we thought was our forever home until the kids were done with high school and Jeff was, you know, not super close to retirement, but having a government, a federal law enforcement job, you know, they can retire a little earlier than other American workers. He's like, well, I don't know if I retire as soon as I can. Like, you know, the twins will still be in high school. He's like, I'll probably, you know, we just, we talked about life and our future. And we, like, that was it. Like, we were living the dream that, we both probably had when we were in early college, you know, like, oh yeah, one day I'm going to marry somebody and have a family and be happy. And you had it. Yeah. It was just normal life. I mean, not to say everything was perfect. Yeah. He got on my nerves. Yeah. I got on his nerves, you know, the good old life and I I miss it. Yeah. I know that when I, when my husband died, I remember thinking right away, like, no, we had it. We, we were living it. Like, just like you're saying, you know, I'm like, yes, everything was just as we wanted it to be. Yep. And yeah, gone. Yeah. So every once in a while, it gives me a little peace that 
I mean, even though he died way, way too young, he was only 45 and had a lot of things he still wanted to do, like raise his children. Yeah. I do have peace at least that, I mean, he died fulfilled, you know, I mean, yeah, there was a lot more he could have done with his life for sure. And a lot more he was looking forward to, but you know, the day he died, I, like the song says, I'm pretty sure he died a happy man. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good thing to be able to carry. It is. It is. So can you so, tell us what happened, Oma? Yeah, sure. So Jeff died in his sleep. I found him in our bed at about 6.15 in the morning on a Sunday morning. And um, so leading up to that, the Saturday afternoon prior um, was a normal day for us. We had baseball team. We had baseball games for all the kids and um, his mom was, his mom had a condo there. So his mom was in town. We were going to, we had a barbecue that night that we we're going to at a friend's house. And then my sister and her family were flying in from Michigan that night as well. Jeff had an appointment at 345 to get his first COVID vaccine because he had to travel for work in May. He had a big a conference, an annual conference for his specialty that he had with the FBI. And this and so was in 2021. Yeah, in May of 21. And so he's like, oh, I might as well get, I might as well get this taken care of so that by the time I travel, I'm fully vaccinated, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay. And at so this anyway. point in, in the pandemic, like nobody else in your family had gotten it yet. He was sort of like first eligible. I actually got my first shot the Saturday before. Okay. And I cried my eyes out as soon as I got it and couldn't believe I did it. Cause I'm like, I didn't want to get it, but I had a fear that I would be told I wouldn't be able to travel. Okay. Yeah. So I let fear get to me. And as soon as I got that shot, I cried and Jeff just laughed at me. He's like, Oh no, you're going to be fine. It's mm -hmm. not that big of a deal. I'm like, I, I will not be getting the second one. Absolutely not. I cannot believe I just did that to my body. No. Um, and that night I actually called 911 on myself because I thought I was dying. Um, I felt like my blood was ice water running through my veins and I couldn't, I couldn't focus. And anyway, they, and the ambulance or the firefighters or first responders came and told me I was having a panic attack. Mm. So that was not fun at all. Yeah. So yeah, I had my first run and I knew, like I said, I knew right then that I wasn't going to get the second one because I regretted it. The second I did it, I regretted it. It's like, yeah. nope. And then panic attack. So then I definitely was not about to get the second one. Mm -hmm. And then that whole next week, I just had a lot of anxiety, a lot of uncertainty. And, you know, Jeff would just kind of not laugh at me, but be like, oh, no, it's all in your head. It's like, you're okay. You're okay. Yeah. You're fine. It's all in your head. I'm like, okay, but I still feel weird. So anyway, okay. So he gets his shot like 345 in the afternoon and he went and got it himself. And then we were going to meet at our friend's house. So we did, he got a shot. He like sent me a picture, you know, as he's like waiting and, and then sent me a text. I said, he's clear. He's fine. He'll see me, you know, at Teresa's house. Like, okay. So we got to Teresa's house probably around like five. And so it's like an hour, like an hour after he got a shot. He was fine. He was totally fine. He was um, getting food, drinking water. Kids came. He started like kicking around the ball with the kids, like, like social mm -hmm. event, yep. normal life, normal life, you know, no big deal. Everything's normal. So then like around six, I left just me to go get my sister, her husband and their two kids from the airport. So we're on our way back and I was just about to get off the freeway. And I, I had a text from Jeff that said, hey, I'm not feeling too well. I'm going to have Chris drive me home. You guys still come here and then 
either you or Brandon drive my truck home. I'll see you at the house later. Yeah. Like, okay. So I call him, of course, like in panic. I call right. him like, what? And he didn't answer. And so then he sent me a text. He's like, I'm okay. I'm just, I have a headache and kind of the chills. I'm just going to go home and lay down. I'll, you know, I'll see you guys get back. Yeah. Okay. And, and I, pretty much the message from the vaccine was like, yeah, you might get a little sick, right? Because they're putting right? some. Yeah. So, so no big deal. So we, my, you know, I went to the, my friend's house with my sister and her family. We ate food. The kids played. We got back to my house around eight and Jeff was fine. I mean, he was laying down in bed, mm-hmm. but he was fine. You know, kids went in, they, they got, the, I got them ready for bed. He asked the kids, Hey, you know, you want me to come read your story? And you know, their cousins were there and they're like, no, it's okay, dad. You know? And he's like, all right, I love you. We'll see you in the morning. You know? And like they gave, they, they went and, you know, told dad, dad, good night. Like gave hugs, kisses, like blah, blah, blah. And, um, and he was still fine. So then I stayed up with my sister. I went to bed probably around like 1030 mm. and he was fine. He was just really restless. And he kept saying like, I'm okay. I'm just restless. And I said, okay. And I said, gosh, I like, I just couldn't sleep. I was nervous, Nellie. Like I was so nervous. Like he never, he always felt fine. Like he would get maybe like a couple days of allergies every once in a while, maybe get an upset tummy. Like he never, this was so weird to see him actually go and lay down because he didn't feel well. Yeah. So I was nervous. And so he said to me, he says, oh, no, why don't you go sleep on the couch? You're restless. I'm restless. And really weird that he said that because I don't know if I didn't feel well. I'd be like, don't leave me. You know, totally, he, me too. Yeah. He's like, go get some, like, go rest on the couch. So I went and laid on the couch and I mean, I couldn't sleep. I was watching reruns of Shit's Creek on my phone and I, <laughs> I can't ever again either mm. but and so then i don't know like maybe around 11 11 30 i heard him get up and go to the bathroom and i mm-hmm. i thought he puked so i go back there and i'm me like hyper freaking out i'm like oh my god are you okay are you puking he's like no i'm not puking because i just had like a dry heave mm. i was like okay and i said you okay he's like yeah i'm fine he's talking he's like i'm fine i just have a headache and you know i just don't feel well like i have the chills and like i'm kind of achy i'm like okay and I, and I asked him, I said, do you want me to take you to the hospital? And he laughs. He's like, oh, no, I'm okay. These are no, I'm having a, a side effect to the vaccine. Like, this, it's fine. Like, this is what happens sometimes. But yeah. it's like, got to get in my body. I'm like, okay. Like, he's very scientific about it, right? Yeah, like, people get sick. People get sick. I'm okay. I'm like, all right. So then I, you know, he went back to bed. Like, okay. So then I went back to the couch. Couldn't sleep because mm-hmm. I just couldn't. Then around like 1230, so like maybe an hour after I heard him get up again, mm-hmm. no dry heaving or anything this time. I just heard him get up to go to the bathroom. So I went back there, you know, be like, hey, how are you doing? And he's like, I'm fine. He goes, I just have a really bad headache. I just really wish this headache would go away. Yeah, he like gave me a hug and he's just like, oh. and he just looked like holding his head. He's like, my head just hurts so bad, Ona. And I said, do you want me to take to the hospital? He's like, mm-hmm. no, fine. I just have a bad headache and I'll be fine. I'm like, okay. So then same thing. He went back to bed. I went, put the washcloth on his head. I had like some Arnica massage oil and I like put some on his feet and he just was like moaning, you know, he's like, oh, I feel so good. Thank you so much. And then drifted off back to sleep. And then I went back to the couch and I probably fell asleep around like three. I didn't hear him get up again. So I fell asleep probably around like three. So then like around six, my sister got up. She's like, how's Jeff? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I haven't, I slept on the couch because we were restless and I haven't talked, I haven't seen him since like 1230, but he's probably still sleeping. So then she like, my sister's very loud, kind of like I am. So she like raced back to our bedroom. It was like, Jeff, Jeff, come on, whatever. But she didn't, she's like, I didn't want to open the door because what if he's like naked or something, you know? Like, and why okay. would you wake him up? 
what you want to see him? You know, like, oh. <laughs> sure. you know, like, hello, oh. I'm here. Because <laughs> she hadn't seen him yet. I see. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Just for like a minute when we got home, you know? Yeah. And so, um, so then we, we started like making coffee and, um, getting like some stuff out for the kids. And then I went back to my bedroom, probably like 10 minutes after she did. And I opened the door and you can't see our bed when you first open the door or you couldn't see it. I'm not there anymore, but you couldn't see our bedroom, our bed when you first opened the door. So there's like a curve in the wall. So I walked in and as soon as I hit that curve, I, he was dead. He was dead. He was blue. And he was on his back and his arm was hanging off the side of the bed. And I was scared. I, and I, this is something I have, I've had to work through. Like I didn't even go to him. I didn't even go to his body. Like I was so scared. I ran, I ran. Yeah. Well, I ran to go get my phone because I had to call 911. Yeah. So I called 911 and I went out to our backyard and I'm just screaming. Like my husband's dead. My husband's dead. She's like, ma'am, ma'am, calm down, calm down. I'm like, I can't calm down. My husband's dead. Yeah. She's like, how do you know he's dead? I go, because he's fucking blue. Excuse my French. He's oh my blue and he's limp and his arm is dangling. He's dead and he's not responsive. And she's like, okay, I need you to go in there. I need you to go in there. I need you to pull up the corner of the sheets and I need you to get him on the ground. And my, like, I was standing, I'll never forget, like, that spot I was standing in, because it's Phoenix, too, and it's April, and it's hot, like, the sun's coming up, and it's hot. Yeah. I was standing on my back patio, barefoot, in just my nightgown, and the sun was, like, hitting the top of my head right here. And I just, I couldn't move. My legs felt like concrete pillars. Mm -hmm. Like, I could not move. And I said, ma'am, I can't. I can't. She's like, you have to. I said, I can't. I can't. And so my brother-in-law, my sister's husband, he came out and uh, I just caught his eyes. And I said, Brandon, you have, you have to take this. You have to take this phone from me. I don't know what she's telling me to do. So Brandon and Sabrina went in there and they got him on the floor. And they, I, get, I don't know. I mean, I didn't see it. And my sister had her two-year-old on her hip. They got, they got him on the floor and my sister says, and Brandon says that they they tried to do CPR on him. And like, you know, he had like a little foam coming out of his mouth. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah. So I don't know, probably like 10 minutes after that, maybe not even the time is such a weird thing. Now I went to, um, I went to find my boys and cause everyone was up, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, I went into my boy's bedroom and they were all standing there looking at me. And I said, boys, your dad is dead. And they're like, what? And I said, your dad's dead. And that's all I know. I'm so sorry. And we just, like, we gave each other a big hug. And they just were like, okay. Like, what do you say to that? You, you know, like, what do you say? There's nothing that could have, oh my gosh. So, and then all of us kind of, we walked out of that bedroom and I walked out to the front yard. Why again? I have no idea. I don't know what you're doing. So I walked out the front yard and the officer that pulled up, the first person there was the officer. And he happened to be um, the youngest at the time his kindergarten teacher's husband. And that's the same teacher that the twins had. So oh we knew gosh. him, Yeah, you know? Like, yeah. officer, 
and I like I gave him this hug like I couldn't let go like I pretty much jumped on him oh my god oh my god and um he was at our house until Jeff's body left like he stood guard at the door um so he was first guy there um and then the fire truck came and the EMS guys went in or the firefighters went in and I mean, they were back out within a minute of shore. Yeah. And um, I was standing by my front door, and very handsome, very buff, very tan. <laughs> I mean, he was. Firefighter came out, and um, he said, "He said, Mrs. Young, I'm so sorry. And I just, I remember holding him, and I was pinching, like, the his tricep area, I just kept like pinching his tricep area, just saying, no. He just helped me and he's like, I'm just so sorry. I'm just so sorry. And then they left. Then the officer stayed and then nobody was allowed back in the room, obviously. Um, and then I had a text from the girls or the fa- the girls and husbands, the fa- friends we were with Saturday night. Yeah. One of our friends was, she worked at Mayo. She was uh, um, a nurse. So she usually would get up. So you, uh, during the work week, she'd get up at like 4.30. So she was up. So she sent a text at her friend's thread. And she's like, I know it's early and you guys are probably all still sleeping, but I'm just wondering how Jeff's feeling this morning. Mm. And I just replied with, he's dead. And then they were like, what? And I took a picture, a selfie of Officer Harrison and I. I said, Officer Harrison was the first one at my house this morning. Mm. Yeah. And then, um, I don't even, like, everything after that just was like, if you didn't know that somebody died at my house, or if you didn't know that someone was dead, like, if you had a, a drone view of our house, you would have thought, like, we were, like, celebrating or something, because yeah, there was so was over. Yeah, like, so many people came over just yeah. to be there. And, and then I had a lot of... Um, a lot of local law enforcement come and like I had to be interviewed and oh no yeah I think that's interesting because like my husband didn't he died at the hospital you know it was also sudden but it wasn't in my house and nobody came to my house I mean like all my friends and family right but nobody yeah. official yeah it was very intense how long, at time. how long did you stay in that house before you moved back to Michigan I sold that house. My closing date was November of 2021. So did the boys express interest in wanting to leave? Um, no, no. When I approached them about it, they were excited because they, they were excited to move to Michigan because this is where my family is. So they automatically associated it with, um, being around cousins and aunts and uncles and grandma and grandpa. Yeah. But they, they were scared. Yeah. I mean, they were, they, they liked their life. They loved their house, you know, and, you know, had, I had some family there. I mean, I have a brother there, but he lived an hour away and different. If I knew that I would have been able to keep up with our lifestyle there, hmm. maybe I would have stayed, but I knew I couldn't, not without Jeff's income. There's no, like we created that together. It's nothing I could have sustained by myself. Yeah. But they're like in Michigan. They really, they they're like good. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they're very happy here. 
they're, you know, in all kinds of sports, they love their school. They love their new friends. They love being close to my family. Yeah. Um, since you brought up Jeff's income, can we talk really briefly about your survivor benefits and like, because he was a federal employee, it's different than if he were just a private company worker, right? Like for me, I get social security benefits because my husband paid into those, but yours are different. Correct. Uh, I still get social security benefits. Okay. Yeah. So I think that's the same. Um, but I also have from his, I guess, from his company, from his employer, Mm -hmm. I have, um, survivor benefits. Okay. So pretty much what it is, is they treat it as they, this happens too. If you were to divorce a federal employee, right? Yes. They treat the, so they treated Jeff as if he retired early. Okay. So there went a big chunk of <laughs> any money. And then from there, I get a very small fractional amount of this, of what that amount would be if he retired today or if he retired on that date instead of dying. If he would have just said, I retire from the FBI. Because right, same thing, obviously. Yeah. Right. Sorry. Like heavy <laughs> sarcasm. Yeah, right. I'm done working for you. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So they take that lump sum of whatever his pension would be, because it's one of the few remaining jobs that still have pensions, right? Mm-hmm. They would take what that pension would be and do one percentage of it for the spousal. Mm-hmm. And then do another percent of it for like a survival rate. Like, you know okay. what I mean? Yeah. Um. And then the kids get a benefit or that's just through social security. So so within this benefit is health insurance. Okay. That's nice. So I have health insurance. So it's a, it can be a minus. So if I didn't need health insurance, if I'm like, oh no, I'm working, I can cover my own self for health insurance. And I got the kids health insurance. Then the monetary amount would be more every month that I get. Okay. So instead I, I want the insurance. Yeah. So monetary amount is like, it's minimal. I mean, it's very, very minimal, but my kids are fully insured and I'm fully insured. I, for the rest of my life. Excellent. Unless yeah. uh, the kids until whatever the, whatever the age is, who knows Eight, what the law is. Is it it's 18 the, or is no, it's, secondary? I want to say it maybe is 23. Okay. It's in the early twenties. It changed. Okay. I mean, so far from it that I don't really know, but I just know they have insurance no matter what. And then every year for open enrollment, I get the choice. So it's like, I'm working for them because pretty much they do. (laughs) I'm honest. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I feel owned by them sometimes. Um, So every open enrollment season, I get a choice. Like I can switch up the benefits. I can change whoever it is. I, I like, like I work there. I can choose okay. to change benefits. Sure. So, so like when kids get braces, I can, you know, switch up. Okay. So the, unless is the interesting part for yes. the topic so the, of this podcast. Yes. The unless is if I remarry mm-hmm. before 55, mm-hmm. then I lose the benefits. So damn i mean i was 45 when jeff died so that's 10 years that's 10 years and and i imagine for someone who was 30 when their spouse died right yeah 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 i actually asked 
I asked um, somebody at headquarters why that was, if you want to know. Yeah, I do want to know. <laughs> he says the children, so if I remarry before 55, the children will remain entitled to their benefits. But that's unclear to me because their benefits are taken out of what I thought was like my benefit. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm sure there's another formula. I'm sure there's a formula, right? Yeah. Um, but he said he doesn't know the significance of the 55 age threshold, but he assumes it has to do partly with the old civil service retirement system, minimum re retirement age of 55. Mm. And then he said the survivor annuity is based on the loss of income within the household. A new marriage via government rationale introduces a new flow of income into the household and there is no longer a need for the survivor annuity. Mm. So according to the government, a new marriage means an increase of income. Right. Which in, in theory it would. Yes. Yeah. However, you still should get your spouse's benefits. I was talking to another girl about this and she was telling me that, you know, this is really like a moral dilemma for a lot of people because yeah. they feel like there are many who wouldn't be in relationship or intimate with someone without being married. Mm -hmm. um, so then essentially they have to like get married without being married by the state in order to hold their benefits. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's same with me. I mean, if I, let's say, you know, time goes on and we want to like, want to blend families and live under the same even just the example that that would set for my children mm -hmm. and for the other party's children, if there were, you know, I'm speaking of like what's going on now, like there are children. Yeah. I mean, you know, part of being in a relationship and I mean, for me, morally, part of being in a relationship is showing my children what a healthy relationship is and mm -hmm. kind of what I consider to be the right way to do things. And I mean, living together is one commitment, but I, yes, with children, I believe that you should be married if you're going to live together. Yeah. So for you personally, because I know you are also a believer, you're, you're a church goer. Um, would you do like a religious ceremony without the state in order to avoid this loss of benefits? Or how do you, how do you see yourself handling it? Let's say we haven't even talked about your relationship, but like, let's, let's just say we'll get there let's just say things were to move forward. Like, is that what you would do? Um, yeah, I would. And I don't even know that I would do it for the church's sake because I, while I am a believer, I also am a firm believer in it's between you and God. Like, yeah, I that's what I meant more. Yeah. Like I don't walk around feeling like I need to prove to God or do right for God. Like, no, no, listen, God, you've, you've thrown me into the depth of or somebody <laughs> into the depths of sorrow like really i'm like i'm not worried about what god thinks of me anymore i mean i know that's <laughs> not i think i've proven that i'm okay <laughs> of a person yeah. but more like uh, for your kids or for your family or i don't want to put yeah. words in your mouth no for my kids yeah so yes and not yes for any kids that would be involved mm -hmm. i think it would be very important for them to see that this man and this woman are going to be committed to each other. Yeah. And I mean, in a young person's mind, that automatically means a wedding, right? Yeah. I mean, stereotypically speaking, traditionally speaking, 
that's what a wedding means. Yeah. My boyfriend and I were just talking about this the other day and he was like, you know, when we really think about it and we get down to it, the, we know we're committed to each other. The wedding, the marriage is for everybody else. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's OD for the kids. Yeah. Wait, okay. Before we get to the new guy, have you talked to other widows who feel like either like in this scenario who feel like they would give up their benefits in order to get legally married or um opinions about this i only have two other i talked to two other widows that their husbands actually worked with jeff and neither of them are dating okay so like they know it's there and they but it, for them right now it's just there yeah because it's a pressing it's issue it's nothing to think about because they're not dating you know yeah and the, those are only two that I know. Okay. So, but but you are dating. I am dating. Look at I that am. transition. <laughs> tell us everything, Ona, or oh, everything God. you want to tell. <laughs> Some things are better left secrets. No, not secrets. <laughs> yeah. So I just, you know, I put myself out there. I was scared to date, but I wanted. I wanted to like meet somebody for lunch every once in a while and laugh and giggle and, you know, have someone to have like inside jokes with. I missed that. I missed the, I missed the companionship of being married. I just do. I mean, there's, I just, I miss it. So, but I also, when I decided to, to go on to Bumble, (laughs) that's like, it'll be easy for me because I had to make the first move on Bumble. So I know myself, like, I'm not going to be making any first moves. I'm not going to be, you know, like, I just, it was for me because I know me. I'm like, just not going to do it, you know? Um, But I also went on there knowing, like, I wasn't looking for a relationship. Yeah. I was looking for, like, like I said, meeting up for lunch every once in a while. And that's it. Cause I didn't want, I also didn't want to put myself out there and like always have to find a babysitter for my kids. And I know my limits. I know my lifestyle, but I made the first move. I, I mean, I chatted with a couple guys. So I guess I made the first move with a couple guys, but. Wait, some of walk, them... a, walk us through that mindset because you were, you went in being like, I'm not going to do anything. Uh-huh. So what, what made the switch happen? Well, I will see. Okay. So I went on first time, went on the first time. It was a waste of my time. It just was, I was like, this is a waste of my time. Went on a date, went on a couple of dates. And I was like, this is not, it just was like, this is not what I want to be doing with my life. I don't, yeah. like, I wasn't interested, you know? And then a couple of months later, my kids went back to school and I actually, as weird as it sounds, I had a, um, a visit from Jeff. Hmm. Yes. And, and not that he said, go out there and date Ona. He wasn't like that, but it just, his message to me was about, about love Mm. and and being open to love, like continue to love. And he said, like, when you love, love so that some is from me. I mean, obviously not this, you know what I mean? It just was very like, I don't know. It was, and so, and then I was, I was listening to that or I got that message. And then I believe it's your podcast. I was listening to, hmm. they met in college. She, I think she lives in California. Okay. She ended up marrying or dating and then marrying somebody that used to work with her husband. And now they have, or at the time they had a new oh, baby. Chelsea Wilson? Maybe. Chelsea. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And yeah. 
from their marriage. So this was after Jeff came to me in a yoga session and was like, it was all about like love and like just, he pretty much just just like, like be open on like tell, told me how much he missed us and he loves us, blah, blah, blah. And so I was listening to that and there were some things that she said in there that just hit me. Yeah, because I had already tried dating, you know, and I was just like, yeah. oh, it's too much. It's too, it's too much. It's not what I want. It's, yeah. I just felt heavy, you know, but there are some things that, that Chelsea said and what struck me was she shared that she had to change her mindset and remind herself that when he died, that relationship that he they had when he died took a lot of time to get there. Yeah. And she was finding that dating, when she thought about dating for a while, it was, it's like her mind wanted to automatically have what she had with him yeah. and would forget that all took time. Yeah. And these, you know, anyone knew to embrace all that could lead up to that. And I was like, oh, you're right. And so it made me kind of look at the situation is a lot differently. It made me look at any prospects very differently. Like you're not going to be, you're not going to be what I had the day my husband died. Like I'm not that person. I just, so then I was like, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to have fun. Like, I'm not, you know, no serious conversation, just have fun. Like I deserve to, even though I'm 47 now, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I'm not when I met Jeff in my, you know, late twenties, but still, I can still do that. I can still have those little mm-hmm. silly moments and yeah, all that. you could still, so flirt. It, you could still be cute. Yeah. Right. It changed mm-hmm. my mindset of I'm looking to fill the void of what I had. Yes to me, my individual person, not Jeff's wife, not mm-hmm. a widow, but me as a person and not my kid's mother, like yeah. me, I want to go have fun with somebody. I remember feeling equally like sort of struck by that comment of like, oh yeah, that's right. Okay. Just calm down. This doesn't have to be everything right now. It takes time. Yeah. It takes time. Yeah. yeah. So so then my kids went back to school and I was like, okay, I'm going to give Bumble a try. Cause the last, the first time I went on, it wasn't Bumble. It was Hinge. Okay. Yeah. Is that right? That's not, right. That's not the hookup one though. What's the hookup? Tinder. It was not Tinder. Tinder. Okay. Not Tinder. Just market for the books, everybody. Ona was not on Tinder. Not on Tinder. <laughs> if it's me, it's a fake profile. <laughs> um, so I was like, I'm going to go on Bumble. I'll go on Bumble this time. Cause then I get to do the picking and I don't mm-hmm. get all these stupid messages from people that I'm like, ew, why are you messaging me? Like get some teeth, you know, Ugh. it was so, so gross. Oh my gosh. Uh, I remember going through this phase where like, I would get messaged from people that just like, we'll say maybe didn't take very good care of themselves. Right? And I remember being like, is this the level I'm at? I don't understand. Yes. Like I remember thinking, I mean, maybe this is rude of me to think, but why did you message me? Like what about me and my pictures that I shared made you think that I would, oh my God. Yes. Yes. I've talked to my boyfriend about this and he's like, listen, everybody's going to shoot their shot. So you never know. Yeah. So I went on Bumble and, um, there was a Saturday, it was a Saturday afternoon. I just like, I'm just going to do it. Right. And so then the next day, or that night, I think like, I think I liked, cause I think Bumble's where you swipe, right? Yeah. So anyway, I mean, I like swiped a couple and 
you know, I, like, I actually did. I said hi to a couple guys. Like one, like I asked one guy, like where a picture was from. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Where's that from? And another guy. So I don't even remember what I said at this time. But those conversations, just like, I mean, they were like dud. I was like, okay, yeah. you know. They, one guy wanted to complain about his kids the whole time. Like, yeah. okay, hey, dude, sorry about your luck. Like, move on. And then. Oh. Wait, can I interrupt you for one second? Because I was just okay. having a good conversation with a friend about this, about how like dating app conversations get stuck if you talk about your kids. Like yes. you, you can do like a really quick like, oh, you have kids? That's cool. But then change the topic really quickly. Because yes. if you start talking about your kids, you're done. You're done. Because they don't have any idea who your kids are. You don't have any idea who their kids are. You don't want to go into parenting but talk. No. No, you don't. And you're like, you want to date. I mean, yes, obviously if it gets serious, like your kids are involved, Yeah. but like, you're not there for your kids. Like you're there because you, you know? Yes. But yeah. So Sunday morning, I saw this one, this picture of this one guy's profile and I was like, oh, I really like his smile. Mm-hmm. Like I just, and then he also put, so sorry if you ever listen to this B, I'm going to call him B3 just to keep his name private. But it's like, if you listen to this, but I've told him this anyway, but he also put that um, one of his little blurbs was that he's just as comfortable in a suit as he is in flip-flops. And I was like, oh yeah. Mm. <laughs> so anyway, so I was like, I really like a smile. I like a smile. So I just, I swiped and I sent a message and I was, I don't, I think I might've even said, Hey, I like your smile. Hope you're having a good Sunday. And then the rest is history. I mean, we just, we chatted like throughout that day, we chatted back and forth, but just about like regular life. And, you know, he had some things to say because I put on there that I was a widow. Yeah. He had something to say about that. Just, but what he said, you know, he wasn't like, oh, I'm so sorry for you. It was, you know, he was genuine. He's like, I don't want you to think I'm going to dismiss, you know, your widow comment. Like, I bet you have some, you know, great things to share or something like that. I don't remember all of it now, but he just had, it was great conversation. It was good conversation. Yeah. And that's key, especially when you're trying to build something through text. Yes. And then we chit-chatted through the app. That was Sunday. And then we met for coffee Thursday morning. Mm -hmm. And so like, I think it was Wednesday night. He had things going on for work. He said he had a bumpy few days at work, so he couldn't. Mm like commit to anything yet you know yeah and i was like okay and like whatever like if, if we'll see each other we'll see each other that's not a, you know whatever i didn't care and then wednesday night he's like i know it's short notice but any chance you can meet for coffee or something tomorrow morning and i was like i can but i have this one hour window between yeah, school perfect. and yeah it was perfect because like if it was a dud like there was definitely an end exactly. time exactly you know yep but yeah so we met in person and, uh, how long ago was that? You want the exact date? No, I want to know how many months ago we met in person on September 15th. You gave me the date <laughs> almost seven months ago. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I really do want to talk to you because I feel like compared to me, you have definitely gone like, like family integration more rapidly than I did. Right. We, Mm -hmm. we are on like the slow train and you guys are like, we have a bunch of kids. We're going to all hang out together. It's going to be great. So just, just give me like kind of where your head has been around all of that and rolling our lives together. Yeah. So, um, we, we didn't know what it was going to look like and we kind of went back and forth about it a little bit. And then there was this, uh, nighttime hike 
that was kind of in the middle of where we both live. So like halfway point really for both of us. So nighttime hike, we, I said, I'm going to bring my boys to it. Cause we were going to go there for a date night. And then I was like, Oh shoot. No, it's the wrong night. It's next Saturday night. I said, but I think I'm going to go and take my kids. Cause they love that kind of stuff. And he had his kids that same weekend. Yeah. And so he said, you know what? My boys would like that too. Mm. And then we left it at that. And then as the week went on, he's like, Hey, you still going on that hike Saturday night? And this was in November. So, I mean, really only two, three months, like two, three months in. Right. Yeah. I said, yeah, I'm still going. I go, why are you? He's like, yeah, I, yeah, I think so. I mean, I mentioned it to my boys and they, yeah, they would like to I'm like, okay. So then we went back and forth with scenarios like, okay, what are we going to tell them? What are we going to like, are we just going to show up there? Like yeah. we thought, okay, show up and be like, oh my God, you're here. I haven't seen you in so long. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Fake it like we knew each other, but yeah. you know. And then he said, you know what though? I don't think, um, I'll say his old his oldest, I don't think he's going to go for that because he had his oldest knew of me because he busted his dad. He's like, why are your golf clubs in your truck? Like, mm. He's like, oh, I went golfing with Ona. He's like, Ona? He's like, yeah, my friend. He's like, your mm. friend? You know, so his <laughs> old, he kind of, he's like, I don't think he'll go for it. Like, oh, really? You didn't know she was going to be here, dad? You know? Right. Yeah. At a certain age, you can't dupe him anymore. Yeah, you can't. So on the way, so earlier that, so then Saturday comes and my kids knew they were coming. They're going to this hike with me at nighttime. My, my mom was coming. My sister was coming. Oh my God. Oh no. <laughs> you know, and they all know about B3. Like, like he has a nickname B3. Like it's all, that's all thing. Right. And so I told my boys, like, hey, who's coming tonight, mom? So I told him, grandma, Sabrina, Jackson, and Eddie, blah, blah, blah. And I said, and then my friend B3, they knew about him too, because they asked me, they knew I was going golfing. So I had my golf clothes on for school, drop them off to school. And they're like, are you going with going golfing with Amy? I'm like, no, a different friend. And they're like, who? I'm like, just a different friend. <laughs> and then it, like, so how was your golf? I'm like, it was good. Like, did you win? I'm like, no. Like, well, who'd you play with? And I said, okay, that's friend B3. They're like, okay. Whatever. They didn't ask anymore. And so then I said, oh, remember I told you that, that friend I golfed with? He's going to be there too with his kids. And they're like, oh, are his kids boys, girls? And I said, oh, they're boys. They're 12 and 5. And he's like, oh, cool. Okay. So then we get there. We pull up. He's there. We pull up right next to him. He has a truck. He has a tailgate down. He's got like a glow stick party. Tailgate of his truck. And I'm like, hey. And he's like, hey. We introduced the kids to each other. And He's like, anyone want any glow? They're like, anyone want any glow sticks? And his oldest was like putting together necklaces and bracelets for everybody. And they brought like my kids had a football. They're like, through the football. So fun. And, we, and at the turnaround point, there's um a fire pit. And so we had s'mores and hot cocoa. Mm -hmm. And the kid, like all of a sudden the kids were all gone. They were out playing hide and seek in the forest, cops and robbers in the forest. So we looked at each other, and we're like, I guess it's okay. <laughs> I guess. Oh, and you then, know, uh, this is like a dream scenario, right? It really was like we, and we know that we know yeah. that it's been so much worse. Yeah. So then on the hike back, his oldest and my twins, which are my oldest, they were like hiding in the woods and like scaring my mom and me. And like, it was great. And then I guess on his ride home, his boys were like, when are we going to see them again? And then my kids too, they're like, are we going to see those guys again? Oh. And it's kind of like, we let those conversations kind of lead it. Yeah. And then like, Kids wanted a sleepover. Like, can we do a sleepover? And and we've had nerf work, nerf battles. And mm -hmm. I think it helps with that they're all boys and they're yeah. like his oldest is a year older than my twins. His youngest is a year younger than my youngest. So mm -hmm. 
then they all like they all into sports you know they all and he my boyfriend is in law enforcement as well so they have that commonality yeah. with you know they nerf guns and the they can chat about some things about dad's work and yeah i, I know. mean the fact that the kids get along so well is and so easily and so quickly is such a gift it really is like if we facetime each other like my kids will usually grab it and like because like we came back from switzerland no was it switzerland they were like we went no they went to florida then we went to switzerland so we didn't see each other for like two weeks yeah maybe almost three weeks and they facetimed one night when they were with their dad oh my god and the kid like my and my, my one of my twins saw that his oldest was on he like grabbed the phone for me he's like oh my gosh so blah 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 blah, blah. And, like they were like carrying on a conversation from the last time they saw each other you know wow. like i love it i know <laughs> i know it's interesting but it's also if you overthink it it's very scary yeah don't overthink it i know i know, <laughs> I know. okay um, because we're totally out of time, I we're gonna we're gonna skip the the quick questions. And can you just tell us one thing you're really looking forward to in my dating world? At all, anything oh, you choose. I'm really looking forward to living life with a partner again. Mm. No matter what that looks like, whether that means you know we our partner time is just when we can get together or if that means down the road a big blended family like i like living life with a partner yeah i hear you all right ona i'm gonna throw your songs onto the um spotify playlist just tell us really quick what are they oh um what was the bucket list who's it by i don't know okay i can uh, mitch something maybe I don't, okay. i'm so bad with it. i have no idea and then the other one was a uh, um a christian song say i won't but i also like battle belongs to you okay well I've, maybe i'll add all three i've screamed that one many times hmm. all right i'm i wish we had more time i know i could talk uh, forever i'll talk to you on marco polo <laughs> okay so. all right bye bye looking back on this conversation i know that it to me even as just her friend it sounds like ona has it so simple with this relationship right because the kids all get along and it just like seems like it's been seamless but I also know from talking to her and from living this life that it's not it's complicated and there are times of doubt and frustration and questioning everything and questioning your gut and all of those things and I just want to remind people that I think that's totally normal for us right now like our brains are trying to undo a whole lifetime of planning and expectation for what we thought our lives were gonna be. And we are now forced to redo that. And of course that comes with uncertainty. So I don't know, I guess we can stumble through together. <laughs> so I guess we'll stumble through again this week and I'll see you next Tuesday. Bye.